Hello, hello, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I am your host today, and I am joined by one of our fabulous keynote speakers at Elevate 2017, a guy that I am a huge fan of, Derek Coburn. He's the author of bestseller, uh, Networking is Not Working, Stop Collecting Business Cards, and Start Making Meaningful Connections. I mean, that literally speaks to the heart of what this show is all about. Um, he's also CEO and co-founder of Cadre, uh, the unnetworking community in Washington, D.C. I know some of the peeps in this thing, and it's absolutely a fantastic organization. And also, uh, Derek's financial advisor since 1998. So, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Ryan. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, something really interesting, um, completely coincidental it was three years ago today that you came on the Content Warfare podcast uh, <laughs> when your book first came out. No kidding. Yes. So it was just, it was funny. It popped up in, you know how like Facebook does those memories things? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it like popped up today. And I don't know if somehow Facebook is so smart that they knew that we had this scheduled somehow, which would be insane or it just is complete coincidence but yeah today is uh today's the three anniversary of the first time we did a podcast together that's awesome yeah super super awesome okay cool so dude i want to get right kind of into the the meat and potatoes of this thing um uh you were a financial advisor you built your business uh, or 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 are still uh i don't mean to to be uh <laughs> To, uh, past tense. Um, sure. But you you built your business in a very specific way, and um, knowing you and 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 having some mutual friends uh, who who've told me a little bit about you as well, uh, you built your business um, on this idea of kind of the trusted advisor, which is I think exactly how the community who listens to this show, in particular, uh, independent insurance agents and and independent insurance industry professionals uh, from carriers and vendors and uh, across the board, um, how they would view themselves as well or, or want to build their business to be seen as. Um, tell us where your mindset is on that and how you, why you fell so deeply into this idea of the trusted advisor uh, versus um, transactional or, or, or many of the other methods that you could go um, in, in building a business. Yeah, so I think, you know, if I were to define trusted advisor, right, it would sort of be, it would it would include uh, insurance agents, financial advisors, bankers, accountants, attorneys, anyone that's having, you know, detailed, in-depth conversations with their clients about things that go beyond just what you provide for them, and you're being a great resource for them, and, um, and obviously, having that type of business, which is almost always recurring, a recurring revenue model. If you take great care of your clients, they're going to continue to do business with you. And um, obviously, when, when, when we're first starting out, for any of us, for me back in 1998, it was cold calling. And, you know, I'm where I am today because I was better at that than most people and, uh, you know, just better at dealing with rejection, if you will. That's not necessarily... The, the, the primary way that people are launching their businesses today, but it's still an option. And I quickly graduated from cold calling to going to networking events. And in 2008, the, the market got a little rocky. Uh, people probably remember I had, we were doing a good job for our clients, but, but, but they, they needed me more and I had to spend more time with them. And it made me realize that going to these, these larger catch all networking events was almost as inefficient as, you know, making 500 cold calls on a daily basis. And it really caused me to rethink my approach to, um, to, you know, client acquisition 
where where I wasn't in a transactional business and I had to make sure I was taking great care of my clients. And so, you know, my book networking is not working. And, and, you know, what I'm going to be talking about with, with your crew, when I come to Milwaukee in June, it's not going to be networking tips. It's going to be, here are the different things that you can do instead of going to networking events that are going to probably be a better use of your time and, and grow your business more effectively. And for me, it all starts with the intersection of client appreciation and business development. It's, it's um, finding creative ways to spend more time with your existing clients, deepen the relationship you have with them, but positioning you in the process to meet more people that you probably would not have met otherwise. So, you know, it, it's really interesting. Um, and, and one of the things that uh, when I first picked up your book, I had thought that I was reading, going to read a networking book. I thought it was a clever title that ultimately was a networking book, right? And exactly as you said, it's, um, it's, it's teaching these different ways to build into the deeper side of the relationship. And so many times, I think today, uh, uh, talking heads, thought leaders, they, they all skew towards digital. And what I would be really interested in your perspective on, because um, we're seeing things like like uh, snail mail and face-to-faces and, um, and, and some of these type of, um, uh, I'll call them analog or, or tr- more traditional methods of building relationships are starting to come back and, and have more impact. Uh, are you seeing that in your work? Are these some of the things that you're advising people on? Um, you know, outside of digital, I think there's, there's a, a lot on digital and digital is great, but, but what more in the traditional analog space are you seeing that, that, that's helping people build these deeper relationships? Yeah, look, I, I think that for the category of that I just described, the way I define trusted advisor, like take insurance agents and um, financial advisors, for example, you know, I think there are very few people that are looking to to make a change. And I think that referrals are probably down for for most of us compared to where they were initially. I have some thoughts around why that is, but essentially I think for many of us, our biggest competition, our biggest competitor right now is indifference and inertia. Uh, I, I have seen studies in the financial advisor world that I think are are probably um, almost identical to the insurance world. And that is, you know, 10% of, of, uh, all of our what we would consider to be our ideal clients, 10% of them are currently thrilled with their existing provider. They they think they are uh, amazing. They're never going to leave them no matter what, and you know they're they're going to be really hard, if not impossible, for us to pry away. The flip side is I only think that maybe five to 10% of our ideal prospective clients out there right now are really dissatisfied and really unhappy with their existing provider or insurance agent for purpose of our conversation and who I'm speaking to right now. And so that's where referrals are going to come into play. They're going to ask their friends. They're going to be open to getting an introduction. They're going to be typing into Google, you know, great, you know, property insurance agent, you know, great, uh, you know, business insurance agent. Uh, and and that's where digital wants to come into play. But I think the opportunity for for, for the big opportunity for all this is that 80% of people that, 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 think their existing provider is just fine. Like they, they think they're good or they think they're, they're fine. They, they are not going to be motivated to come into your office to hear about how much better you are than their existing agent because they have other stuff to do. But, 
the the reality is that, and I know for for your community especially, it's filled with people who are who are better than their existing provider and who will do a better job. So the key, in my opinion, is finding creative ways to get on the radar of this 80% of people. If you're believing or buying what I'm selling here, um, and and finding ways to disrupt that indifference. So you're actually, the numbers are, are so close. There was a, a Accenture study that came out with um, tracking a very similar metric that said uh, only about 16% of current property casualty insurance customers in both personal lines and commercial lines uh, are, you used the word thrilled, uh, with their current provider. So, it, I mean, you're talking, it, it almost mirrors exactly. Um, now, you said referrals are down and you have some ideas around that. I'm, I'm super interested in, in why you think in general referrals are down. All right, a couple of things. One is when we first start out in our career, we are probably working with a younger clientele or we're working with a clientele that is at a similar point in their life um, compared to their friends. Uh, so you're working with business owners, you're working with people that are, you know, that, that are, uh, just getting married that are buying their first piece of property. They know other people and they're interacting with other people who are where they are. And furthermore, if you're doing a good job for them early on in that relationship, they're going to introduce you to the people that they know. Um, once you're established, you know, five, six, seven, like how many, five, six, seven years into this, like how many, how many referrals, if you've had a great client for 10 years, they've, they've probably given you a good number of referrals and they did that in the early years, but like you, they, they probably have already introduced you or tried to introduce you to everyone they know at this point. So I think that's one thing. The second thing is I would argue that for the majority of everyone listening right now, that, that their ideal clients that are not their clients, but their ideal clients that are out in the world right now are already working with someone else. Like there's like as a financial advisor, for example, there's very few people that I'm going to be introduced to like that are, that have the assets that I want, that have the complexity that justifies the fees that I'm going to earn from working with them. They're just not sitting around with 5 million bucks in a in an E-Trade account and one day wake up and say they need a financial advisor. They're working with someone else. And so, the, the again, the key is I think – um, your 17% number from earlier, right? That are that are happy with their existing provider. That doesn't mean 83% are dissatisfied. Um, it it means I think the majority of them are satisfied, and satisfied is probably not a great word. So, um, uh, it's just less content, people. Content maybe content yeah. is probably a good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's a that's a great word actually. And so I think there's there's less people that are open to it. If 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 one of my clients says to their friend Derek's amazing, you know, he does a great job for me. If they think they have a good situation and a good advisor right now, no amount of of cheerleading is going to get them to come into my office. However, there may be some things that I can organize um, that are separate from my core offering and create opportunities to do cool things for that particular client that will allow them to invite their friends to attend. So for example, if, 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 uh, if my client were to ask 10 of his friends, do you want to, can I introduce you to my, my financial advisor? You can come into his office and learn more about his firm. Maybe one out of 10 would say yes to that. But if instead it's, Hey, uh, my financial advisor is hosting a great wine tasting event, or he's hosting a poker tournament at his house. And, and it's not about coming in and listening to my pitch or about how my firm is different than theirs. But instead, it's an activity that 
allows me to get on the radar. And then over time, I can strategically um, uh, begin to paint a picture for them as to why I'm probably a better fit than who, whoever they're currently working with. You know, what you just described um, at the at the beginning there was um, what we used to refer to in our agency when I was still selling insurance as the triple sale. The first sale is you actually need something different than what you have. The second sale is the organization that we work for as a whole. And the third sale is me, the person, the human that you're actually doing business with, right? So it's like you have to sell many different times. And I think that um, – what you described at the second part, and I apologize for the hammering. This is what happens when you podcast from a co-working space. People hammer behind you. Um, I don't hear it. Oh, good. Well, that's a, that's amazing part of technology. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I can hear it like someone's pounding on my head. Um, so uh, the the idea is that you know I think we've used digital in some respects to um, to do to to. to do some of those early sales, let people choose on their own. And what you just described and, and is incredibly interesting to me and something I think that's been around for a while, but independent insurance agents have never really taken on this side of it, right? You always hear about financial advisors doing events and I don't want to, um, I, I'm going to put that as a, a really broad bucket, right? Not diving all the way into the, I know that there's probably some events are much better than others. Um, and, and how you do it, there's a whole philosophy to being successful, but, um, but independent agents for the most part have, have, I have, haven't heard too much about them taking on the idea of events. So I would love for you to dive even, even maybe go a little higher into what the philosophy is behind the events, the idea of this, of building relationships on a non selling basis, like, like before you ever sit down and actually pitch them across a table, um, maybe, maybe dive into this concept. Cause I think to financial advisors, it's kind of part of their culture and to IAs, it's something that we've never really has never really been part of our culture. Yeah. So look, there's a variety of, of events, um, uh, that range in size that range from free to, you know, to you're investing, you know, uh, you know, 1500 bucks or 2000 bucks to, to put something together, Somewhere, you know, if there's a great speaker that's going to be in town, I might invite a client. But whenever I'm inviting a client to do something with me, I'm also giving them two tickets, if you will. So, hey, I want I want you to come, but I want you to extend the opportunity to someone else, right? So, at a minimum, um, even if I'm not talking about business, which I wouldn't do in that in this particular example, uh, I'm at least dis- I think beginning to disrupt that indifference that I mentioned earlier, which is, hmm, I wonder why my financial advisor never invites me to go hear people speak like Malcolm Gladwell, right? And and that's one thing. But what I have had a ton of success with over the years is uh, wine tasting events where um, I'm inviting my clients and I'm encouraging them to bring a guest. And I'm not pitching my firm. And, you know, 90% of the experience is drinking good wine, deepening the existing relationships that I have. But I do feel like in that setting, and it's worked for me over the years, I have an opportunity to to give a five to seven minute presentation, if you will. And the, the key is to not have this presentation be a pitch, but to have it be um, a, a way for you to introduce a couple of ideas that um, that very gently, but but hopefully um, uh, very effectively um begin to disturb the people who are there, begin to make them worried about their situation. So look, I've got a great one that I've used as a financial advisor and I don't even sell 
um, you know, PNC insurance. But if I were property casualty insurance, I would host some type of a cool event and I would do a five minute presentation that was called the top five mistakes business owners make when it comes to their, you know, like the insurance for their business or their personal insurance, whatever you want it to be. And by the way, when you say business owner like that, when you're asking your clients to invite somebody, um, you're saying, hey, this is gonna be really ideal for business owners. So I've always tried to avoid saying, hey, can you invite somebody that might be a good prospective client for me? Because then it's not about client appreciation anymore. It's about you wanting something from them. So I like to make them feel like they can bring anyone. But if I structure the title or I structure the invitation the right way, I can get them thinking about the types of people I want them to invite without me being cheesy about it. So anyways, um, let me tell you really quick what I would do. Um, there's one major thing that I see 90, 95% of my clients, because we review the PNC stuff as part of our process, and then we just recommend that they go get it fixed. 95% um, of all of everybody I've ever met is dramatically underinsured when it comes to uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage, right? Um, and I'm working with a high-end clientele like like everyone listening to this show is right now. So all of a sudden, one of the tips is, hey, this is pretty serious. If you go out and get in an accident with someone and it's not your fault, it's their fault, and they don't have insurance, and you only have $25,000 of, of coverage on your current policy, think about like how badly, and, and you're positioning in a way, you're giving them a tip, but what happens is they start thinking, gosh, I better look into this, and I wonder what else my existing insurance agent hasn't told me, or I wonder what else like the Geico rep uh, forgot to mention when I called on the phone. And that's just one example that uh, of many, I think, that are out there for, for ways that you could very effectively, without, without being salesy, very effectively get people to start to see the value that you could bring to them. Do you find that over time you're you, you're creating a culture with your current customers where like they almost want to be the facilitator of building a relationship with you? What do you mean? Like, you know, so so I found sometimes, and and maybe this is only with certain types of people, but um, as you develop a deeper relationship with your clients and they feel like you are taking care of them, and they've made like. Uh, they've made a, a great decision by choosing you, Derek Cobra. This guy is the best. I mean, you sit with this guy. He takes care of you. And they almost, by having these events, you're, you're creating a mechanism for them to share the great decision that they made, which was choosing you as their financial advisor. Is, that, is it like a, almost like a self-fulfilling um, self prophecy over time as people know you're having these events and, hey, I'll bring my buddy and that kind of stuff? Like, are people looking forward to them over time or is it oh, always yeah. kind of working to get people to come? No, I mean, no, I mean, it, it, it definitely is, you know, and there, and I would say, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of like, like mistakes that people make when they first start trying to put together an event that like the first one or two times I hosted something, I like, I invited, um, a lot of my best clients and the date didn't work for any of them. So now what I do is I use a doodle poll and it's like, I'm not going to open this up to every single client I have, depending on the event, depending on what I'm going to be talking about, I'm strategically thinking who are going to be the, the best people to come in terms of, um, 
who do I want to who, who do I want to spend more time with? Um, who's going to find this particular topic relevant? Who's going to who, who's a Capitals fan if I'm going to you know get seats at a hockey game for example, and and I want to make it easy for them to invite other people. But I'm I'm sharing a doodle poll to say hey. I'm going to do this event and I really think you'll like it and I want you to come. Let me know which of the following dates work for you. And then I get back from them uh, the clear, you know, usually there's a clear winner. Okay. Of the, of the 12 people I asked, 10 of them can do, you know, this particular date. Then I picked that date and they feel like I picked it in part because it worked for them. They feel more committed there. There's more buy-in. And, um, and so that's just one example of what I'll do. But yeah, I mean, it's the great thing about it is I don't have to sell myself at these events because my clients do the selling for me specifically when it's more than just one client and one guest. If it's five clients and five guests, client A will talk to client B's guest. They'll say, what are you doing here? And of course, you know, I'm the central theme, my practice, my business. Oh, I've been working with Derek for X number of years. What are you doing here? Well, I've, I've never heard of Derek until this event. I came with my with my buddy Jimmy, and 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 every conversation, almost every conversation, um, begins with me and my clients talking about me and the work that I do for them. What would you say to someone who says, you know, hey, Derek, this sounds like an amazing idea. I can see the vision, but man, what happens when I spend two thousand bucks on uh, a box and a bunch of Capitals tickets and no one ends up buying from me? Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like for most of my strategies to work and be effective, um, you know, one of one of the one of the boxes that would have to be checked for for someone is that they have a recurring re- a recurring revenue business, right? So for me, you know, I would say that you know, if you have ten clients that are generating you know five to ten thousand dollars a year, and if they keep paying their premiums or they keep adding on to what they currently have, that's going to continue right going forward. Then, then why not invest that money? And if nothing else comes from it, then then you still significantly increase the likelihood that they're going to keep paying. Uh, paying uh, their premiums that they're going to continue to turn to you for more of your services. So in that regard, I think it's justifiable. But the flip side is, look, it doesn't have to, you don't have to spend 2000 bucks, right? And in fact, there are, you know, there, there, there are ways and things that you can do that are, that are creative that don't have to cost a lot of money at all. Like I mentioned a poker tournament or, um, you know, you could host like a, like a brown bag lunch, uh, just a lot of different things. But I would say even, even though, um, the majority of time, uh, the majority of the time when I host these events, it leads to me getting a new client eventually. There are times when that doesn't happen, but it's still a big win if I was able to provide a great experience for some of my best clients. Guys, do you see why Derek is keynoting day two of the conference now? I mean, this is, we just did like a little, little tiny toe dip into the ocean of what this dude knows and is talking about. He lives the life. Yes, he's a financial advisor. We will not hold that against him. <laughs> um, we know he's going to bring, we know he's going to bring it. Dude, I, I'm, there is, I have like 15 more questions I want to ask, but I want to keep this short and punchy and to the point. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, this just this one idea of holding events, I think 
it is it is a cultural item inside the financial advising world that hasn't translated into the property casualty world. And I think for a lot of the the, the really ambitious young agents out there, in particular, um, the people you know, uh, my, you know, my 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 brothers and sisters in arms who have kind of started to get their book of business going and are really looking to move into uh, the more meaty business. This is how it's done. This is how you build these relationships, and uh, and just this one idea. Um, could completely change the way that you're moving forward. So, dude, tell us just a little bit more about where we can find more out about you for everyone who's looking to to learn more about you. I'm going to make sure that I have a link to uh, Derek's book in the show notes for this episode. It's episode number 79. So go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode number 79. You'll see this episode and uh, and you can get Derek's book and learn more about him. But uh, for those that are just listening at home, where can they find out more? Yeah, best place is uh, just DerekCoburn.com. Uh, I even have um, I, I I I've been I was telling uh, as I was uh, telling you earlier, Ryan. You know, after writing my book, uh, it, I, I'm not writing doesn't necessarily come uh, super easy or, or natural for me. And and um, I went a couple years and I didn't do much writing at all. And lately, the the creative juices have been flowing. I've been writing a lot of content specifically for trusted advisors and, um, and, and I'm about to launch a, a Facebook group just for client acquisition for, for trusted advisors. So if they go to my website, like they can, you can, I can send you some articles. I don't have anything um, uh, that I'm selling right now or planning to sell in the near future. It's just more uh, me like trying to share what I know is working and, and providing some, some value that will hopefully, uh, I will hopefully, uh, benefit uh benefit you in in some way shape or form guys you want more Derek coburn you want to meet this guy in person i'm telling you one of the smartest dudes out here doing what we're doing he is going to be at day two keynoting at elevate go to agencynation.com forward slash elevate 17 get your ticket today do not miss Derek, dude it is my absolute pleasure to have you on the show i'm so happy that you uh agreed to come and talk with us uh just in a couple weeks here in milwaukee in june it's gonna be a great time and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing you there i can't wait brother thanks again for uh, having me today this was fun great dude have a good one thank you, you everyone and i'll see you next time